Amsterdam is getting a new mayor. This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 and 100.5, also heard in the Glens Falls Lake George region on 1410 and 96.9. Our guest is Mike Sinquanti, mayor-elect of the city of Amsterdam in Montgomery County. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Mr. Mayor-elect. Oh, thank you for having me, and good morning, Bob. Mike Sinquanti will become mayor in January. He's a member of the Independence Party, but also was the candidate of the Democrats, Conservatives, Working Families Party, and Green parties in the recent election. He defeated one-term incumbent Republican Mayor Mike Villa of Amsterdam in that election earlier this month. Mike Sinquanti has headed a company called Genium, a GE spinoff, the Genium Group, published environmental guides. On his own, Mike Sinquanti has written three history books about Amsterdam. He's a native of Amsterdam. He and his wife, Rosemary, have four children, six grandchildren. Over the years, he's served on numerous local boards, including the school board, the waterfront board, and the Board of Liberty Enterprises. At at the risk of, you know, it's kind of inside politics, I, I was very interested in your election victory. You won by an unofficial count of over 400 votes, the absentee uh, ballots are are now in, but it's still not been certified by the Board of Elections. Mayor Villa only ran as a Republican, but your votes uh, from the Democratic Party, uh, which was probably the largest party that you were endorsed by, would have defeated Mayor Villa, but by only 14 votes, so it would have been really close. You picked up a lot of votes, uh, primarily on the conservative line, but also from these other quote-unquote minor parties. How did you get these ballot lines, and was this a a strategy of of yours? Um, Yeah, you know, it was a strategy, uh, a strategy based on the fact that I looked at the financial distress that Amsterdam was in as not being a party problem, but as a as a city problem and and the need to work together. So it was a strategy that helped me um, unite people by by convincing them of going door to door, um, you know, that, you know, we are all in this together. So it was a, definitely an election strategy. I knew those those parties would help me win the election. But I also know I needed those parties to help me govern the city. So you approached them all. I mean, you approached the, the Democratic Party, for example, and Working Families Party. Exactly. Um, you know, we, we the Democratic uh, was a petition drive where I had to go out and uh, get, um, I, I think it was over two, two, close to 300 names. We ended up getting well over 400. So I went door to, we went door to door to do that um, and, and spread my message as I did it. Uh, the Conservative Party, I had to do it as a write-in candidate, uh, which was a, a, a real challenge. And But it was a wonderful challenge because, again, it got me inside the homes of many conservatives. And I sat around the table with them. And we discussed the issues that Amsterdam was facing and how I would address them. Um, the and, and, you know, the same the same is true with all the minor parties. You, mm. know, you, you, you really get to meet people by, by you know, looking for their votes. Well, it seems interesting. I mean, I know some Democrats who run in the conservative party, but when you got the conservative party and working families and green. I mean, it doesn't seem that they uh, share the same views. 
In many cases, they do. Uh, you know, that's the interesting thing about people. You know, we look at parties and we get we tend to label people versus looking at, you know, what their what their opinions are, what their beliefs are, what the policy issues are. And once you sit down and discuss those things with them, you find there's a lot more in common than separates us. And that's that was the great part of my campaign as far as the, my personal experience was, you know, we're all in people, everyone, every party, all these people love Amsterdam. Uh, they really do. They have an affinity for Amsterdam and they want to see Amsterdam prosper. So that's the common link. And, and what we need to do is, is bring everybody to the table and, and sh- you know, work on the things that we share instead of the things that separate us. And I found that to be very true on the campaign trail. And it was very low turnout, I believe, but you indeed defeated Mayor Villa, did you not, for the conservative line in a primary? I did as a write-in, and that was the real challenge. Uh, we were, uh, but again, it, it was a strategy. You know, what, what I did was I researched previous elections uh, and just, you know, realized what I needed to win those primary lines and went out and got them door to door. Amsterdam's financial problems, you alluded to them, have been an issue for years. What's, what are the main problems there? Well, as you said, for years it's been going on where uh, we've kind of lost track of our money. Um, we, we were not keeping uh, good accounting of where the money was coming from and where we were spending it and how we were spending it. And the bottom line is uh, we are now uh, $8 million in debt um, or, or nearby thereof. Um, so the, the problem was just a lack of good accounting and a lack of good financial management overview. Um, so that, that was the problem. That's how it happened. Now, Mayor Villa says, I, I believe he said in the, in the campaign, that you know, he's been working on this and they're slowly uh, coming out of the, uh, of the woods, if you will. Uh, what would you do or what will you do differently from what Mayor Villa has been doing? Um, based upon my experiences on the school board, on Liberty ARC and running my own business, I've always paid attention to the bottom line on a month-by-month basis. What happens, Bob, is if you if you don't do that on a month-to-month basis, you tend to lose track of things. Amsterdam lost track of its money, uh, you know, by by not paying close enough attention to it. So my whole focus will be on a new financial management system that looks at a department by department review of expenses versus revenues on a month-by-month basis. Not just me, but the Common Council, and more importantly, the departments themselves. We'll go through it together. I'll have a budget committee, and we will we will institute a strict financial management overview system in, in Amsterdam, New York. And by doing that, as, as variances occur, instead of waiting till the end of the budget year to address them, we'll address them as they occur. Will you try to find out who's to blame? You know, um, I've been asked that question a lot, and um, I'm, I, I can't focus on what happened. I have to focus on getting it fixed. Uh, how it happened is is important to a lot of people, and and I would like to know myself. But but basically, I've got too much work to do going forward to worry about the past. So as as I campaigned, as soon as I take office on day one, that deficit becomes my responsibility, and I will address it. It will be. I'm not going to blame anyone else. If they if others do, if others uh, you know take it uh, take investigate it and find something out, that's fine. But myself, my focus will be on the future. Mm. The um, the problems of, of finance, you know, again, have been around for years, and you hear about them all the time. I think there's almost, to me, a, a sense of unreality about it. What what difference has it made? Um, I'm, I'm, what difference had? I'm sorry. The, what difference? Or, or it, what's serious about it? I mean, what's going to happen to Amsterdam if this problem isn't corrected? Well, that's just it. Um, if if 
if we can't solve it ourselves, then the state is going to come in and solve it for us. And what we'll need to do is um, part of the legislation that the state has, the legislature has approved, I, I believe it's still waiting for the governor's signature. I'm not sure of that. Um, but it, it requires us to do, believe it or not, a much more frequent re- review of our expenditures and our, our revenues. Uh, and that's what my system was all about in the first place. Um, and so, you know, they want us to keep better track of our money and they want us to, uh, you know, make changes much more quickly than we've been making changes over the last 11 years. Um, so, so that's, that's what will happen is if we don't fix it, the state will fix it. And if the state can't fix it, well, you know, you know, city, city going bankrupt is not a good experience and, and it's not going to go bankrupt. I'm convinced. I'm convinced after I've been meeting with the, you know, the employees of the city for the last uh, few weeks, uh, I'm convinced we can fix this. I'm convinced we've got a lot of things going in our favor I'm convinced that we've got people who are ready to help, uh, and I'm convinced we can fix it. It's just, you know, it's it, and Mayor Villa, Mayor Villa has said, you know, he's he's turned the corner in many ways. Uh, we're going to take advantage of everything that he's done and build upon it, but we are going to we are going to do it, and we're not going to we're we don't want the state to come in and do it for us. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest is Amsterdam, New York's mayor-elect Mike Sinquanti. You also are. An historian, um, and I've written history stories myself, and you've written three uh, history books, which, and the two of them, which you, uh, it's called your birthday books, you chronicle a lot of individuals, many individuals in Amsterdam. But I was impressed reading your books about the work you've done on previous mayors. It really seemed you you really uh, enjoyed that. I think you probably learned a lot from them. In fact, let me throw throw this idea out to you. You talked about you want to keep things accountable month by month. Isn't that kind of the philosophy of the the man you defeated, Michael Villa, his father, who was also mayor, Mario Villa? Wasn't he that kind of mayor, too? Um, You know, Mario Villa had a... a a great reputation for keeping track of the finances he did. And he had a great group of people around him. If you remember, he had, um, uh, Joel Kaplan, uh, Joel Kaplan was sort of his, uh, financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And, and I intend to have those sorts of things too. So I, I, in many ways will emulate, um, what mayor Villa did in the city, uh, and, and bring in outside people to look at what the city is doing financially. I think, I think getting those other pairs of eyes, is going to be has always been a tremendous asset for me in business. It's always been a tremendous asset for me and the organizations I've served, and I, I will continue to do that. But yes, it, it is. Mar- Mario had a, a really good uh, reputation for financial management. And another mayor, and I just did a column about him myself for my column in the Daily Gazette. It was Marcus Breyer, who was mayor mm-hmm. in the '60s, and that, in a way, is something like today. Um, situation, or the, the, uh, maybe that wouldn't be apparent, but um, in that that was when the government, the upper, bigger governments, state and federal, were investing in Amsterdam uh, for for good or ill in urban renewal. And now we have the state with its ten million dollar grant. What what did you learn from Marcus Breyer? Well, well, again, um, he was a businessman. Uh, Marcus Breyer, like me, had never run for a uh, political office prior to running for mayor. Uh, He continued to run afterwards uh, for political offices, but not prior to that. And he was a businessman and he 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 ran on the campaign that he was a businessman. And and so did I. 
Um, and and you're right. There was a lot of uh, government largesse from you know invested in Amsterdam at the time. And Marcus Breyer used his business skills uh, in in a way that um, you know helped him uh, take those monies and and invest them in the ways that he thought he thought would make Amsterdam prosper. And again, he, he was he used his business principles to do that. And you know, uh, I think it was the arterial system, the uh, the affordable housing projects on Division Street. Um, those were, that's where the investment was coming from. And, uh, you know, purchasing that property, selling that property, clearing that property, it was, it was and, and he was, I believe he continued to run his business while he was mayor, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with all that activity going on, um, must've made him a very busy guy, but, but also he was limited, uh, he was, he was limited to one term. Um, and he went in there with a plan and, um, you know, so, so yes, uh, you know, he was, we had a, we shared a lot in common in terms of our approach, of where we come from as we take over the office. We're talking with Mike Sinquanti, mayor-elect of uh, Amsterdam. There's a five-member common council in Amsterdam, and going back in history, because this is when I was actually covering local news up in Amsterdam, when uh, Anne Thane, a Democrat, was, uh, was mayor. It seemed to me th- there was a lot of dissension between the mayor's office and the common council. How do you think you will fare in in that? Uh, the uh, races for common council were very close, uh, but the last uh, we saw, there apparently will be three Democrats and two Republicans. How will you work with this uh, common council, or sometimes called the board of aldermen? Right. Well, dissension with the common council, as you, as I know and you know, based based on our love of history, is not something that was just limited to Mayor Thane. It's been going <laughs> no, that's on for years. Absolutely true. Absolutely <laughs> uh, but, true. But at the same time, you know, I am going to take the approach that I've taken in business. Where, And I'm not a politician, Bob. That's the bottom line. I have no aspiration for another office or, or anything like that. Uh, so I'm going to do what I do in business, and that is be honest, be transparent, uh, speak to, you know, seek their respect. I'm going to respect them. We'll talk on every issue. My whole goal is to create a better informed common council, a better informed city government. Uh, so, so my hope is that by getting this information in front of them and exp- and helping them to understand it. They'll help me understand things as well. Uh, we will, we will, pr- we will develop a bond that isn't based on party or politics, but is based on what's best for the city. And that's my whole focus is on that. Um, uh, you know, if, if, if you put something that's black in front of somebody and say it's red, um, you know, it, it, they, they, they can't deny it. And, and so that's what my whole focus will be on is this is the information we have on this particular situation, problem, policy. And this is my recommendation. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Let's come to whatever agreement we can to get closer to what Amsterdam needs to be better. And, and so I'm going to I'm going to take that approach and, um, and we'll see how it works. Uh, you know, the council is elected every two years. And we'll see how the first two years go. I'm very confident. I've talked to all of the aldermen, with the exception of Alderman Marticello, who I'm going to be reaching out to shortly. And um, we will we will sit down and we will discuss my approach. We will discuss their priorities, and I'll make sure that I keep their priorities in in my heart and my you know and in my mind, uh, whatever I do things. And I'm hoping they'll do the same with me, and we'll come to those kinds of agreements. But again, I'm not a politician. I'm not looking for anything other than what's best for the city. And I think they they they'll agree with that. Hmm. Amsterdam started to wear the mantle of depressed city, I think almost 60 years ago when the carpet mills began moving out. And it sort of has affected 
I don't know, the public mood. I mean, people, ah, no, that's not going to work. I mean, uh, but what do you think? Has that changed? Did that change with that $10 million grant, let's say, for downtown and the pedestrian bridge, which was very controversial, but was finally built? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, no, it certainly has helped. Those things are certainly helping. And, and, And if you remember 60 years ago when the mills moved out, what happened was the community actually came together. And with Sid Grossman, the Sid Grossman effort, they formed uh, committees uh, to welcome new, you know, to find new businesses, to welcome them to the city, to take them on tours of the city, to show them houses, to bring them into the schools. It was, a, it, and, and eventually all those old mills got filled up again uh, yeah. with smaller companies. But those smaller companies kept Amsterdam thriving for another 10, 15, 20 years. And what I did as I went door to door was I spoke to people about that. And I spoke to people about how we needed, and in every community, every street I was on, Bob, from the, from the, from the, uh, the toughest sections in town, and when I say tough, you know, the economically depressed, to the most prosperous, there are people who opened the door and said they wanted to help. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to form uh, citizen committees in each ward. And I'm going to give them a direct pipeline into City Hall. Instead of having to come to a common council meeting and standing behind a microphone and talking for two minutes, they're going to have the ability to go to meetings at once a month and, and discuss real issues with a real agenda. You know, the crime, the streets, the, the blight uh, in their in their neighborhoods. And they're going to they're going to be able to brainstorm and offer solutions and point out problems. And that information is going to be piped right to the mayor, right to the common council. And we're going to create this back and forth so that um, we're going to bring bring people into the government. And that's my whole focus is is if we work together on this in Amsterdam sees opportunity and we go to go after it together, we see a problem, we try to solve it together. I think that I think we'll be much more effective. That's how it's always happened in our history. And that's how I'm hoping it'll happen again in the future. In addition to the financial problems, the city also faces infrastructure problems, uh, sewage leaks and water main breaks and things like that. How will you approach that? Well, uh, you know, uh, I'm bended me to many, uh, our state and federal representatives. Um, you know, what we'll do is we will take an inventory of our, our infrastructure. And, and if one does not already exist, I'm hoping, I'm hoping some semblance of one does. But that's going to be one of my first steps is to say, okay, to my department heads, let's take a look at your biggest expense, your, you know, your biggest pieces of infrastructure and tell me what their conditions are, what could go wrong. Uh, and if it does go wrong, what are our what are our alternatives? What is the cost for fixing, et cetera? And then um, create a plan for each and each of those scenarios, which says if this happens or if it has already happened, this is how we are going to approach fixing it. Uh, and and we will have that ready to go uh, as a plan of action. But um, it, you're definitely right. We have several aging pieces of infrastructure, particularly in our 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 water, our waste, water waste treatment facility uh, that need to be addressed. And um, I'm going to work, work very hard with all of our government representatives at the state and federal level seeking money. Uh, but also, you know, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a must. And um, every city in our area of the country is facing that problem. And so I'm also going to be looking for shared solutions, things that we can do together, things that have worked in other cities uh, that we can apply to here in Amsterdam. Your campaign slogan was "It's time." I don't mean to be flippant, but time for what? Oh, it's 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 time to fix the financial problem in Amsterdam. And I think once again, we have this reputation as the most fiscally distressed city in New York State, regardless of the fact that we've got a DRI, regardless of the fact that that bridge is doing well. That reputation is really dragging us down in other areas. We don't want to be known as the most fiscally distressed city in New York State. It's been a long time. 
that's been happening. It's time to fix it. And the way we fix it is by managing our money in a more efficient way. And it's, it's time to do that. It's also time for Amsterdam to turn the corner. We are at a stepping stone. We are at a crossroads. Uh, I, I, I honestly believe we get this my financial management uh, thing going fixed. We get the distress fixed. Uh, we're going to we're going to move forward in a rapid way. And um, so so it's time for that. And and I would like to be the mayor who gets it gets it fixed and gets us off on the right foot. And my goal, believe it or not, Bob, is my goal is that when I'm done serving as mayor, someone much smarter and, uh, you're, you know, more qualified, et cetera, replaces me. I'm going to try and bring new people into public service all throughout this process. That's part of that citizen ward committee. Get more people involved in government, get more people involved in running for office and things like that. And, um, you know, make Amsterdam, uh, you know, turn the corner. And, and because we've got these people, we've got these people who do wonderful things for the city. Uh, and we just need to get them into the process. You've been listening to Talk of the Town on Magic 590 and 100.5. Also heard in the Glens Falls, Lake George region on 1410 and 96.9. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest was Mayor-elect Mike Sinquanti of Amsterdam. This program will be available as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. I'm Bob Cudmore.